0: warm welcome to you all hope you'll soundly enjoy our program
1: A very British podcast about very British movies, with just a hint of professionalism. Hi Scott here, as usual, down in grey, miserable and wet Kent. A couple of hundred miles away in, I'm assuming, equally grey, wet and miserable Leicester is Mark. Hello, my friend. Uh,
2: no, no, no. It's kind of sunny, but it looks like it's going to rain any minute. Yeah. You know, what? it's British weather,
1: right? April, May time, mate. Of course it is. It's going to be like this, unfortunately. We won't see summer till September, you know. Well,
2: yeah. we saw it in March. <laughs> we had it. Blink, blinked and missed it, yeah.
1: How's uh, <laughs> things since we last spoke? So, all good?
2: Pretty good, pretty good. Looking forward to talking about what we're talking about today. This is a... blinder
1: you threw this at me obviously last time we spoke which was was it the David Essex was the last one
2: yeah it was uh that'll be the day that'll
1: be the day wasn't it and I obviously let you choose another movie and for those that weren't listening it's Party Party from I think it's 1983 and I said to you at the time possibly on air or off air I haven't seen this since it came out and the thing I remember more about the movie, I think I remember the soundtrack more than the movie.
2: It's a killer soundtrack. Yeah. Yes. There's Good. some
1: great stuff. And, and watching it today and looking at the listing on the soundtrack album, there's a lot more in the movie that they probably haven't got there the rights it to put out, is not there? It? And it's I like,
2: can't believe they got the rights to all of that. In this little cheap movie, they've got yeah. dozens of songs. They must delight. Okay, let's use 20 seconds of that and hope no one notices because <laughs> there's so many songs in it. It's ridiculous. Like yeah. this Clash comes up three, three or four times. They I do. Think, and they do. Like that. Yeah.
1: Um, I remember when I was working in the video store in the early 90s, this was one that people always asked for, but it wasn't available because, I'm, I'm assuming, because of the music rights. That was the thing, I think. You it know did, what? I had this on VHS? It was oh, available. Yeah, it came out to rent for a while, but then when Sell Through Video became popular, you just couldn't get it. And we were told it was something to do with the music rights because there was obviously there's David Bowie in there, there's everybody, you know. And and now, I mean, I bought it on DVD, especially for today. You you got it on DVD now? I
2: got it on DVD now. Yeah, yes. I bet you have.
1: Party party from 1983. We'll be right back after this.
0: <laughs> yeah, hey, what? Tell us the ball. Huh? That's me. Tell us the ball. You know my star sign. Do oh. all on exciting. <laughs> Nothing here about me and Jenny Dix being incompatible. Yeah, well, what about tonight? What about the party? let <laughs> <laughs> will have a look. They shouldn't be allowed to print this sort of thing in the paper. You in for a good time, then? Fantastic. Come on. You can't be choosy, Shirley. I mean, you ain't. I ain't what? It's all right for you. You got someone. You got that copper, Diggins. I ain't got no one. You'll find someone. What about him? That Toby. Uh <laughs> Yeah, Larry. That Brenda's looking at me. she coming to the party tonight? Yeah. yeah. Go and chat her up. <laughs> He's all right. He's hideous. And short. That uh, I ain't wearing me aftershave. See, thing is, I never pulled a bird without wearing me aftershave. You never pulled a bird. Well, give a bloke a chance He just
1: bought a bloody aftershave. There we go, that's Party Party. It's a 1983 British comedy about three friends and their North West London crowd. The crowd includes workers, spivs and young police constables. Wikipedia describes this as a British entry into the teenage youth house party genre, typified by John Hughes films and the late 80s movies of Kid and Play. Directed by Terry Windsor, written by Daniel Peacock, it's notable for its soundtrack and as the early work of several of the cast members. There is no plot to this movie. It's, it's a, a party. It's a party. It's a New party. Year's Eve.
2: <laughs> the first act is everyone talking about going to the party, and the rest of the film is the party. Exactly. I mean,
1: I watched it, started watching it last night, and I put it on a bit later than I should have done, really, because I got through the first sort of 15, 20 minutes just leading up to before the party. And do you know what? At first I thought, this isn't very good. This is not what I remembered. Mm. Um, I'm thinking the acting's bad this is just leading up to something that's going to be a a crap movie basically (laughs) so I I went to bed and I put it on early this morning from the start again and you know what that first 15 minutes is quite forgettable it's it's, it's when you get into the second two acts when you get the party itself that the, the movie comes to life it really yeah, does. Yeah, I would
2: agree with that. It's Apart from the music, again, it starts with a Rizzillo uh, track, doesn't it? Flying Under the Sorcerer Attack, that's which it. isn't credited, I don't believe. It's not on, on the soundtrack the album either.
1: Yeah, not on the soundtrack album. One thing I did when I did a little bit of research for this, there's not a lot out there on the internet. It's, it's generally forgotten, this film. Mm. On IMDb, it gets a 6.6 rating, which is fairly high for IMDb. Yes, yes. But it's so British... It doesn't even appear on Rotten Tomatoes. There's no no, no entry for it at all.
2: Uh, Funny enough, I put this on. I try and keep everything uh, I watch on letterbox mm-hmm. these days, and I go back about three years. and I thought I'd watch this more recently than I had, but uh, it wasn't on my Letterboxd
1: uh, Yeah, and I had a feeling
2: it's not going to be on there because Letterboxd do not put everything on. It uses an person. Australian
1: IMDb, doesn't it? TMDB mm. or something, apparently. Yeah, is there, but is there? it
2: was on there. It was yeah, on there. I was yeah. quite
1: surprised. i going to put my uh, my rating on there after we've spoken. Your review on Letterbox mentions the line, Can You Smell Horses? Yeah, I well, was going yeah, <laughs> to use that
2: joke. I was going to say, "Good, can you smell
1: horses? <laughs> you know, I've used that line ever since. Then <laughs> I'd have i forgotten where it came from until I watched the movie. I've always used it. It's, it's quotable. You mentioned to me when you first selected the movie, it's just one of those films that you've never forgotten most of the script.
2: Yeah, I, I, it was, I hadn't forgotten the line of this. Um, yeah, There was a several, you know, you know what you're like when you're growing up and you're a sort of older teenager. You latch onto to certain films and your mates and you kind of quote them. Yeah. And I have to say it was Party Party, mm-hmm. Repo Man, uh, yeah. Life of Brian. Yes. I think that was the sort of rotation we tended, but we definitely used to sort of say things like top on, top off. Top on, to top off,
1: yeah. Um, um, somebody's backed you up with this. Uh, there's a review on IMDb. There's not many reviews on IMDb. I'll just read it out. Someone's backed up your you know, your, your, words there. If you were an English teenager during the 80s, then you must see this film. To everybody else, it will just be an odd curiosity. Now, I'll agree with that. For me, it's the funniest film in existence and is one of the only films to have more quotable lines than Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Apocalypse Now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's their turn two movie, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> But obviously somebody else has picked up on the fact that there are a lot of great little one-liners or just sayings, just phrases. And I sort of remembered them as watching them this morning. I'm thinking, yeah, I know that one. That's where that came from. Can you smell all? Obviously, obviously I've forgotten where the origin yeah. of that was from. So let's talk through the movies. And I've often yeah. used
2: the lines, if if broken up with a girl i mean i've been married for nearly 30 years now but mm. when he's uh, used to use the line you know our star sides are incompatible i'd always <laughs> uh, just say that
1: it's um, not you it's me our star signs are incompatible <laughs> brilliant incredibly i must say before we start going into sort of reviewing the movie itself incredibly this now puts kate williams into the hall of fame
2: Nice. You know what inspired <laughs> me to remember being, uh, this one is when we were talking on Melody. We were talking about Kate Williams and we were saying, oh, yeah, she's a mother in Quadrafinia yeah, and it, she's a mother in Melody. And there was another one bothering me. And I was trying to think what it was. And it, it was this, this one. It's this one, isn't it? it um, came back to
1: you. It's surprising because myself and Stephen always say that we'd expect John Mills, Laurence Olivier, you know, Maggie Smith, someone to, to have been yeah. in there first. But Kate Williams, she's 78 years young, bless her, still going strong.
2: Terrific terrific yeah. actress terrific presence uh it's funny because when you think about the three films we've done so far we got a triangle haven't we we got carl halman in two kate yeah. williams in two is that it yeah that's it yeah
1: yeah um yep.
2: So those two between them cover two already, of the stuff already. There's
1: there's links and we don't even realise it half the time. And I tell you what's more surprising as well for Kate Williams to go into the the Hall of Fame. She's not noted for her movie work. She's more TV actress than anything. Yes, it's TV actress. Uh, and, incredible. You know,
2: uh, EastEnders uh, and stuff like that in later yeah. years, as most of the cast of this film. By oh, the, uh,
1: future EastEnders, future British sitcom stars. I think we yes, can safely yes, say. <laughs> New Year's Eve, 1982, 1983, we're assuming. Uh, Northwest London, I read somewhere. Mm. I mean, it's not actually I've always different.
2: It's always bothered me mm. where, where this was filmed, because I knew it was London. It's obviously London, yeah. uh,
1: but I couldn't place it.
2: Cause I, but I don't know Northwest London as well as the rest of London, yeah. so I can kind of buy that. I'm going to guess Tottenham or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but there is a bit at the beginning there in the River Hive Tunnel, which always made me wonder, was it? The bits of London I don't know at that well, or southeast mm-hmm. around Blackheath, and that, and northwest. So I, I always thought it was one or the other.
1: Yeah, but it says northwest London here yeah, on yeah, on yeah. Wikipedia. But it's the story of two friends <laughs> and their mates, isn't it? Basically, yeah, it's yeah. it's just your classic sitcom setup. You know, we yeah. And this- it's
2: uh, I mean, I saw this when it was in the cinema. And there were some very—I oh. have to say—there were some very dodgy British films out in the early eighties. Re- really, not great. Yeah, uh, this was kind of in the milieu, and I wasn't expecting much when I to see it, but really, really liked it. I remember things like, I don't know, Madness did a film called Take It or Leave It,
1: which was very really good. There was Dance Craze as well, was that, with
0: the specials yeah, on the beat, crazy. wasn't it? That was a yeah. Bit, yeah,
2: that wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, and things like Kenny Everett, there was a Kenny Everett movie. Oh, yeah, there was things like yeah. Morons from Outer Space. There weren't great films, but this one was the real standout for me.
1: Comedy-wise, yeah, because yeah. Yeah. I would have said – this and possibly some Gregory's Girl would have been about now, possibly.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gregory's
1: Girl. Was there wasn't many. Girl. wasn't many, there was, was there? Many. They, they no. were very, very bad because the 70s was noted for TV sitcom spin-off movies. We had everything, and we're going to be talking about that a little later because we've just spoken about something earlier. And, and we were saying there was things like the On the Buses movies, the Rising Damp movie, Porridge, which is a particular standout, things like that. But the 80s didn't tend to do that for sitcoms so we had these original sort of comedies it was either something like this or you'd get a merchant ivory you know that was the app yeah. that was the output of the of the british film industry and until channel four came along myself and Stephen were talking about this and film four really kicks in and handmade films who yeah. saved the british film industry basically it's I interesting think, uh, to find something good, mm. uh
2: film four i think was letter to Bresneff, right That That was was, one of those, Margie Clark,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, that was was um, pretty good. Yeah, so there are some gems amongst the rubbish. And and for you personally, this is a standout, isn't it? You love this movie. (laughs) I do, I do. I've got the soundtrack on vinyl,
2: still got it. Um, Never listened to vinyl, but I keep (laughs) records. Um, Because I'm not a hipster, right? No, that's it. (laughs) I I get them out, listen to them, think, that's buckled or scratched, put them away, put my CD on instead. That's That's it,
1: yeah god bless spotify that's all i can say Mm -hmm. so what is the plot there is no plot is kate williams is the mum and and they're planning to go out the parents are planning to go out on new year's eve and the son is played it's periphenic isn't it larry periphenic yeah we probably best known for eastenders
2: these days he, he popped up in all sorts yeah is he billy mitchell isn't he i think Billy Mitchell, yeah, that's I don't right. I've done but yeah, uh, but I remember him having like spots on our *Minder* and stuff like that as well,
1: right? Yeah, because uh, I don't remember him in this until I watched it again this morning. But then I'm thinking, yeah, yeah well, he's the, he is the lead in this, isn't he? Despite the fact that you, know, well, you've got party, pa- yeah, so, and you've you got know, Daniel yeah. Peacock and Carl Howman who are sort of supporting him throughout this. But but the general plot is Mum and Dad are going out for the 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 average um, the annual New Year's Eve party they go to every year, and Larry says look he's not coming with them this year he's not well you know he's sitting in the front room with a dressing gown on and yeah. uh, Daniel Peacock turns up and nearly blows it for him the fact that they've got a party planned <laughs> yeah but prior to that actually I've just remembered you said about the Rother Tunnel there's this scene that they're, they're driving this old yellow Cortina isn't it and Clive a Mark Mann, Mann, I yeah. think. Uh,
2: yeah right old wreck yeah, yeah. but uh, you know it's a Cortina they go forever <laughs> and um, Clive various bikers on, bike. on yeah. tiny little motorbikes
1: yeah and a massive Clive mantle is huge I didn't realise how big that guy actually is that, that bike looked like a comedy motorbike <laughs>
2: running. it was so big and that looked really dangerous all that stuff <laughs> yeah one of them was popping wheelies
1: in the tunnel wasn't he I think I noticed at one point God,
2: this is terrible
1: yeah um, but the build up um, to as I say the build, up, build up to this actual party I'm thinking well what's going on because we've got this subplot to do with police officers yeah and this very bizarre ruling that the sergeant says that he doesn't want any of the parties on New Year's Eve to be broken up. Yeah. So that gives the officers license to go to a party, basically. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And one of
2: them says, No coppers about, loads of parties, I can get paralytic.
1: And that. <laughs> the is, <copper> says. <laughs> oh, what's that guy's name? The actor's name is Gary, Gary Olson. Gary Olson. God bless him. Gary Olson passed away very young, tragically, very didn't young. he? Probably Sorry. best known for 2.4 children.
2: Was yeah, playing Ben in 2.4 children.
1: Yeah. yes, and there was uh, a, the, the dad. Yeah, and there was an ITV series called Prospects. Lasted for one series he was in which I remember fondly. Yeah. Uh,
2: some of the guys in this including Gary Olson also interacted with the comic strip. Um, uh, you know the comic strip both the TV yeah. series and the movies. Uh, Gary Olson for example was one of the main characters in a really good one of theirs called The Job.
1: I remember the job. Yep, yeah, uh, I've seen that. Daniel since
2: came... Peacock definitely
1: appeared in a few. He I mean, was he in, was in the very first one, which is called Five Go Mad in Dorset. Just about to say he was in that one. Yeah, I love yeah. that. One.
2: That's great. But Daniel Peacock goes over all sorts. He's a very interesting
1: sort of actor. Yeah, because he, he wrote this as well. He wrote the script. Yeah,
2: he wrote this with the director. Uh, and man, you know what? I think this is a great script. Um, as as comedy goes, the, it's it's got. It, I think the actors here. I think they cast this well, considering these are a lot of young actors. They're all pretty decent, certainly the leads. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah. the whole film feels like to me it's more like a rep company that know each other. I it's think got that so, sort yeah. Of quality to it, but I think the writing on its own is pretty good. But it helps the cast deliver it well as well. But the lines, individual lines, are pretty solid and funny.
1: Well, they're so quotable, like you say. If you're still using them thirty years down the line, it's you know it's obviously got a great script. You're quite right though. I mean, the outstanding acting for me, I think, was, and people might sort of say, "Oh, really?" But but Carl Halman. Cole Hellman's the best, absolutely, I, I think Cole Hellman
2: underplays it really yeah. well, Daniel Peacock's overplaying it, yeah, but yeah. deliberately, that's what his character is, yeah. you know, and he's very expressive face as well, rubbery face, Gunning, kind of. yeah, Lee Evans type, isn't he, yeah. um, um, and Cole Hellman is, is I think, the most solid actor, um, yeah, and, here, and I was going to
1: say Caroline Quentin as well, oh yeah, her yeah, performance was, is brilliant, but
2: yeah, yeah those two are the best performances, but the rest of them are pretty solid yeah. of the main cast. There's a few that have a few like you know more lines than the, like, like, like the stand-ins who aren't great, but they're okay. Yeah. And it
1: all works. Yeah, there's also a lot of blink and you'll miss of there's famous faces in the background.:
2: I'm well. sure I've noticed Phil Cornwall somewhere dancing sure big tall him. guy very very yes. tall
1: guy dancing i was going to bring that up i thought that was him as well but you don't really get a chance to see his face
2: and it's not in the cast and i thought Ford Cornwall was quite short
0: but yeah he it a looks just guy. like him it was just <laughs> like him
1: <laughs> i mean at one point i was going to say th- there's a point where daniel peacock's sitting on the sofa and there's a couple snogging next to him and i'm thinking that's nick berry but then obviously you see him a bit later on because he has a couple of lines and it definitely is Nick Berry, you know. It's was, Nick
2: Berry.
1: <laughs> honestly, we're name-dropping like anything here. And they're not yeah. Hollywood yeah, legends I at mean, all of these.
2: <laughs> American listeners going mean anything to any no. of these. Basically, these are fairly famous British TV actors, mostly because of either The Bill or EastEnders, but they've been in lots of other stuff sitcoms too. and things like that. Have your kids seen this? no uh i watched this with my wife which yeah. is kind of interesting because i don't think she's ever seen it And i was a bit pensive <laughs> and you know when you're sitting by someone you think i'm not sure they're gonna think yeah. this yeah yeah Uh, And she kind of watched it, but then kind of got bored, so reading, which (laughs) is fine, but she wasn't actively getting annoyed by it. Now, funny enough, the other thing, I was watching this, I was thinking, man, if my daughter was watching this, she'd be harumphing and eye-rolling. That's what I was going to ask,
1: because I'm assuming your daughter's roughly the same age as mine. My my daughter's 26 now. Mine's 17. Right. So, teenager... I was just thinking, if if I was to sit and watch this with my daughter, I'd, I'd be sort of having to explain myself all the way through because she'll be yep. going. So, <laughs> did things like that actually happen? Were people wearing those clothes, that makeup, and yeah. and, and we'd have to say yes, <laughs> they did. <laughs> A genuine that snapshot might of more 80s. like uh, oh,
2: I'll keep calling women birds, and, <laughs> you know. But I think she'd really, really like the bit in the. The um, in the police training area where he's, he's saying, can you defend yourself from a knife attack? Yeah. You know, all of that stuff. The, the climax of that, she'd have loved. She'd have loved
1: it. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say, it was just just picture myself having to explain why I like this movie because it hasn't aged particularly well because I think me and Stephen have this conversation again on previous episodes that if a film is set like a historical movie, if it's set, you know, in historical times you know if it's an elizabethan movie or a or, or uh, a war film we we reviewed hope and glory recently it's, it's that's quite easy that you can film something set in a certain period and it won't age it won't date because yeah. this is set in 1983 it's filmed in 1983 and it just screams 1983 there's skinheads there's new romantics there's every single possible type of person At this party, and a lot of these fashions and the looks didn't last particularly long. Some of these things these guys are wearing. Carl Hellman's wearing a tie with the pin in the collar. I used to wear that, I did for a couple of years. Yeah, the
2: black leather jacket, a bit like the one he was wearing. Yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't look that. Weird to, I mean, compared to sort of some of the fashions of the seventies, it doesn't look that bad to me. But mainly no. because I grew up in that time.
1: That's right. But it's yeah.
2: definitely um, that's what happened, and that's how it was. Yeah. And parties were like this. I was, I was, I was chuckling to myself at one point because I was thinking. I bet parties aren't like this anymore. No, people are just not. enjoying themselves yeah. and having a laugh. I bet it's a lot of sitting around and just listening to music.
1: And also, the uh, music there's... probably wouldn't stop either. Like you know, having to put another record on because it'll be on a constant playlist from yeah. iTunes or something, wouldn't it? You Spotify
2: or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
1: Whereas we'd have um, to get up and turn the record over. You know.
2: Yeah. The only constants I reckon now these days are probably you're going to get a complete piss heads in the in the kitchen still. That's definitely still a thing. That's always going to be a thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and a couple under the pile of coats on the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was always a staple. The pile of coats on the, on the parents' bed, um, which isn't brought up in this, actually. No. Nah. So there is no plot. It's a it's a New Year's Eve party. We've got a dozen sort of characters that we focus on, I'd say. There's a, a good 10 or 12 people, isn't there? And all trying to get off with different people. That's the focus, isn't it? Everybody's trying to get off with somebody else. Yeah. Or somebody has upset another partner. And it's it's just the general sort of conflict that you get from a British sitcom of this this era.
2: Yeah, it's got that air of de- single people desperate desperation about it. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. trying to get off of each other. So and so fancies so and so, and then this one fancies that one. Uh, but they're all kind of pretty relaxed about it in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of how a party goes, in my it if, does. in my recollection. It you does,
1: right? you know, and it's you can see the the pain on Daniel Peacock's face as he desperately tries to work out different techniques of of pulling a bird because everybody else around him seems to be having a lot more success. So, you know, yeah. you've got Carl Helman that makes it all look so easy, just giving him tips. You Mentioned yeah. top on top off, that's that's a yeah. classic one. That was
2: a terrible tip, anyway. But, uh, <laughs> it's just Carl Hammond's got that easy charm and confidence, doesn't he? That makes you think, Yeah, that is Johnny Rouge, you know. Yeah, and it's just uh, I'm, I thought you were talking to me. Yeah, I, I was talking to you. I have pulled you, made myself known to you, and now I'm a bit busy and I'll get back to you.
1: <laughs> but all all, that. all the tips of the advice that he passes on, though, are really. It's just iffy, you know.
2: They're just not very good. Light a Smoke cigarette, a flag, yeah. blow it
1: out, and then you'll say
2: something. At least he's. Like, oh, I could blow this. Don't blow that. You yeah. Know, like, yeah hit, hit them with your best line,
1: and all Daniel Peacock can come up with is blowing a party popper in their face. You know, yeah.
2: Just... <laughs> um uh, Daniel Peacock was really good in this. Uh, I like him in a lot of things I've seen him in, but I thought he was. I mean, he is a. This is a broad character. A very broad character. Yeah, it's cartoon-like, isn't words. it?
1: A little bit. Yeah. This is mm. probably about the same year as he, he was playing Mickey Pierce. What? Well, no, not Mickey Pierce. He was um, Metal, mental Mickey in Only Fools and Horses. That was it. Yeah, yeah. It's about uh, the what same else
2: was he in? He was. Yeah. He, like I say, he was in uh, the comic strip. Yeah. Uh, that's what he was. He, he did other stuff a little later than this. Uh, there was a long-running sitcom called Valentine Park where he played a like this park keeper called Bodie.
1: Yeah, think I don't know that. And and his dad was the, the vicar of Dibley, wasn't he? Trevor,
2: Trevor Peacock, the bloke that goes, no, 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 that's no. His that's father, his father, isn't
1: it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: and he popped up. I remember him popping up in um, uh, what, One Foot in the Grave as like yes. his dad. Oh, he t- just gets an with Victor through and oh, buries t- him up to his
1: neck. Is it that? <laughs> e- is it that episode, is it? Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. The uh, one it's I'm- always
2: a bit edgy, is Daniel Peacock. You always feel like you're not quite sure where he's going to take something. He's got a sort of crazy
1: energy about him. A bit Lee I Evans, like you well. say. Yeah, very sort of Lee Evans. He was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. He was, yes.
2: Yeah. I think he was in a few other movies, too. But, um, yeah, he was in that. But I remember him being the dad in something called, like, a rip-off of Adrian Mulgrew. Diary of a Teenage Hell Freak and he was like yes. a cowboy obsessed dad <laughs> he dresses as a cowboy and embarrasses his son
1: basically <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was in one episode of The Young Ones which I know you watch
2: yeah, he was.
1: Uh, oh, but like you say, it's that sort of that era yeah. of all these same actors, like a rep company, like you say, that it, it's surprising none of those guys actually appeared in this, you know, like A. Davidson yeah. or somebody like that. But One standout
2: character that I have to mention mm. is um, oh, I'm trying to remember the actor's name Sean Chapman. Sean um, Chapman. He, he <laughs> notoriously, when I saw this film, I was like,
1: what? Because he was one of the rapists in Scum so
2: i knew for that it's like
0: what
1: He's the (laughs) copper isn't he in this he's the police officer with the 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 t-shirt that's got the zips on the sleeves but Uh, he
2: went on to a much much more famous role which is uncle
1: frank in hellraiser that's it that's where i've seen him i was trying to think what else he'd been in yeah but not much else was there for him not much else but
2: he he was pretty good i also remember him from a very early sort of Light Euro sex comedy called Pasha Flower Hotel. He was one of the schoolboys.
1: Right. Okay. So that
2: um, had been before this. That was his first film. It says here. He oh, right. Scum was, Scum was the year after, uh, and Party Party was four years after Scum.
1: That's a good film. Um, we we, but, we need to review Scum at some point. I think.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um,
1: great movie.
2: But yeah, it's pretty good in this. I mean, it's not the best. It's not. As good a smooth an actor as Carl Harman say, but it's pretty decent. I yeah, think yeah. Carl,
1: yeah, Carl Hellman, as you say, just makes it look easy. Um, Gary Olson, too, actually, has to be said. His <laughs> drunk acting is pretty amazing. Well, that's all Shout he does for the whole salt. movie. He doesn't do anything else apart from be drunk. You
2: know? Depressed <laughs> and drunk. And I like the fact that he turns up at a police station, <laughs> off his head, driving a car. <laughs> Camera, <on>, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My favourite bit, I think, there's this plot involving Caroline Quentin, who is the wallflower, basically, throughout the whole movie. She's having no luck because she's turned up with a much prettier mate who seems to be, you know, gaining the attention of every every bloke at the party. Yeah. And Caroline Quentin decides that she's going to kill herself mm. by, by just putting her head in a bath full of water. And, and Gary Olsen turns up. Uh, and it, that that five minutes of those two of him trying to find a piece of paper for her to write a suicide note and eventually getting in the bath with her and he says uh, has anyone ever told you you're pretty and she goes no looks at him with these big eyes he goes yeah I'm not surprised <laughs>
2: he's <laughs> <laughs> got great lines and we've got to be careful not to just do lines I know, there is but... another one I think that whole interaction is really sweet and it great actually. it is and I'd forgotten that but uh, yeah. but there is one bit that also always makes me laugh which is uh, he goes and looks for a pen and a piece of paper yeah. and all this stuff we haven't mentioned background stuff in this yeah. film which, which is amazing mm. but he goes and looks for paper and there's all, there's like a custard pie fight while he's looking yeah. and he goes back and he goes in the room and she's sitting there and he goes what not dead yet <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, listen, he doesn't have to do anything apart from be drunk throughout the whole movie and as you say, he does it so well. Like Clive Mantle just has to be menacing throughout the movie. Yeah. And he does it's that so, so big,
0: well. It's so big.
1: Yeah, it's huge. I didn't realise. I so... Now, what did Clive Mantle go on to? Was it Casualty or one of those? Um...
2: Casualty. I've seen him in a few sitcoms. I think he, he was in Robin Hood, right? It was Little
1: John in the Robin there Hood There you TV go. Show. He got another link there. Yeah, and Jack Wilde was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves as well. Oh,
2: no, no. Yeah, but no, <laughs> this
1: was the TV show. Ah, uh, um, the only Robin Hood was
2: in... Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's a Robin Hood connection with this. Um, uh, but Clive Mantle, yeah, is so big. Uh, and but he, again, there's a one of them classic lines of "This is plastic," you know. "This is a plastic ear," and you know, I can't see the joint. What? That's such <laughs> a silly, silly joke. I've used that before. Have I you? Definitely
1: used that on someone. <laughs> Can you remember how many times you've possibly seen this? I'd say seven or eight. Yeah
2: maybe more because it was I think it was one of those ones that like if after the pub we were bored we'd either put this on or some Woody Allen or uh, Life of Brian or something like that so I've seen it numerous times a half cut it has to be said but um, you know just sitting and watching it uh, yeah it's got thinking
1: about probably at least ten at least yeah I I, I was trying to think because as I said I started watching it last night and couldn't think of any of that first fifteen minutes, I could not remember any of it. I'm thinking, where well, have I seen this? You know, but then obviously when the party kicks in, I remembered it, and I'm, I'm sort of thinking I probably seen this three or four times. You know, right. when it first came out, because it was one of those movies that you'd watch with your mates. I was only like 13, 14, I think, when it came fourteen when this came out. Right. And it was quite funny because it was it was a British equivalent of a, a John Hughes teen comedy. You know, this was our our version of it. So, you yeah, know, you would watch it with your mates.
2: Yeah, definitely watched it over and over. It was... Uh, it, I remember going to see it with a girlfriend and my mates at the cinema, you know, different times. And when it came out on video... Uh, watched it over and over yeah. I think it must have been on the telly at some point because i think i re- remember also having a recording of it and watching in that That's but what I, think I, I, think I do I did, remember yeah. having a an actual pre-recorded version of it um it was it was a lot of fun uh, i quite like the beginning though you found it uh non-memorable because i've seen it so many times i kind of yeah. like i like the vicar the vicar trying to sort of but yeah, all things for all people. And they say, <laughs> oh, that they just race past the vicar, screaming and shouting in right. the car, and he goes, Disgusted, isn't it, Victor? He goes, yes, all that racing around and mucking about. And yeah, the, uh, the dad just goes, good
1: fun, though. Good fun, goes, though, yeah. yeah. all that racing around and mucking about. <laughs> trying to everyone. That bit always makes me laugh. The, the dad, I mean, I think he ended up in Coronation Street as well. But The played. dad makes me laugh. Mrs. Yeah. Da- going on about Mrs. Dawkins. Yeah, this is the thing, because he's, he's the perfect Put upon husband that we see yeah. in these sort of movies, and and has the perfect wife in Kate Williams the, to be the the old battle axe almost, you know, and and it's typified perfectly when they're returning in the car on the way home, you know, you're drunk, you know, you're, you're a disgrace. we are have to leave early, blah, 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 all this lot And you could just see him. like, Oh, for God's sake, woman, just shut up. I just want a quiet life, you know? Yeah. Uh, and But he's always got an answer. That's what I
2: always went feel like. He doesn't just put up with it. she saying, <laughs> no one laughed, Frank. He goes, I laughed. Mrs. Dawkins laughed. Less said about that woman, the better. Exactly. <laughs> Oh,
1: it, it is uh, Kate Williams that makes that part of the movie for me, though. It's just say so, we've we mentioned it before. Yeah. She is great. I
2: mean, the, the cast is solid, and I, th- I honestly think this could work as a play, you know, with a good rep company. It just got that feel. It would,
1: yeah.
2: Um, having said that, there's, it's, I mean, it's not like, you know, a brilliantly directed, but I'll tell you what, there's a lot of effort gone in. If you watch stuff going on in the background in any scene, there's something going on. Yes. And sometimes, you know, it's little jokes. It's like in the main characters are doing something, and there's like two drunks arguing, you know, doing stuff. There's it, exactly. always something, yeah. There's little hints about sort of British culture in it too, which are mm. quite interesting. For example, the skinheads, so,
1: Yes, yeah. just standing there, and he was quite, he always played skinheads, that kid, yeah. Well, there's some actors. <laughs> it was, yeah, but I've, I've seen him playing, exa- probably dressed exactly the same in another movie yeah. or, a, or a TV series or something. It's probably a Rent-A-Skinhead uh, Do you know what it was? I think it's the only Falls and Horses episode where Grandad or Uncle Albert gets beaten up.
2: Uncle Albert. I yeah,
1: and it's... he blames Knock Knock. Yeah. And it turns, and, and Del Boy, well, it's Knock Knock that beats him up, but they blame the skinheads, and I'm sure he's one of the group of skinheads in that. Could well be. There's something, yeah. I'm sure he's But He oh, always appeared sure. in. Mm, but yeah, the direction, I mean, it's not limited to like the living room. You know, we see scenes out in the garden, the attic, yeah. the, the shed where the father keeps his pawn collection. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like the. I know I
2: don't want to quote lines, but yeah. there is a fantastic line <laughs> that is really throwaway, but just makes me laugh. When mm. they go, they're reading a pool mag to say the ultimate sort of way for a man to dress, and they said, boy belt, Lame socks. Lame socks. And he goes, <laughs> I haven't got any Lame socks. And Toby just goes, you ain't got any Lame socks, Larry. You ain't got nothing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Delivery's perfect. It is. I mean, it it was written by him for him to say, you know. Yeah. uh, Um,
2: Yeah. Uh, And I, I even like some of the more side characters. One character always sort of stood out to me and I checked his age and he's not, he's not, um, as old as i thought he looks a lot older than the rest of the cast he's the guy that's getting married tony yes and he always looked about 10 years older than everyone else, but yeah. he isn't that's the weird
1: thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> philip martin brown yeah. yeah
2: he just looks older than everyone and he doesn't look quite and he is right. the same age is he he's a- <laughs> well it's in the same i think cole Hamer's older than him for example. <laughs> uh you know in real life uh but he, he makes me laugh and he's he, he, he's um the, the red-headed woman is marrying, what's her, what's her name in it? I've forgotten. Uh, uh, not Sonia, is it? Sally? Uh, no, that's the other one. Sharon. 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 Uh, who's really, Larry's really interested in and keeps going up and wants a fling. The bit where she uh, they go up into the loft and she's uh, she's in the dark, sort of semi-naked. Yes. I think she gives a really good, some good line reads. Uh, like, he's going, it's not like Larry's guy going, it's not meant to be like this, it's meant to be tender. And she just goes, <laughs> I don't want tenderness. I want sex. <laughs> it's a great delivery. It's a really good delivery. Um, uh, and it's funny, but dramatic at the same time. So yeah, yeah. it's really cool. I really like this. This did feel like a rep sort of thing, but I don't know if it tr- transcends countries or age. age groups. Yeah. I really don't know. I'd, I'd have to shout to my daughter and see what she's I
1: think about. this is, we can quite safely say this is not a film for everybody. Mm. those that were there at the time if they hadn't seen this i think i would say just go back and watch it because you'll have a lot of memories it will stir up a lot of memories of going to parties and the friends that you had at the time there's i recognized a lot of people in this Through you know friends that i had in the 80s going to school with i'm thinking i knew a bloke exactly like that my mate used to do that my mate done that at a party you know that it's always there but for, for the youngsters as i say we were talking about our kids watching it they'll just laugh at us for liking it and just yeah. find it completely baffling because it's just it, it's unique i mean it, it, I say there is no plot here but no it's just part
2: you know what it occurred to me if ever I wanted to make a comedy film mm. i'd probably do a party because it's one location yeah it's all based on the script and the actors then it's not about what you can throw out at it. Comedies are like that, right? And it just seems to me a party is like the perfect one scene. Get all the characters, get to know them. They've all got their own little stories throughout the night, which is how a party is.
1: Well, look at um, Abigail's party with Mike Lee. Yeah. You know, perfect example. That was a play, you know, and it worked out brilliantly. It's a great, and it made a great TV, you know, play as well. Mm. There's just so much going on.
2: Yeah, there's, uh, this is, uh, it's it's very 80s, very 80s. It dates as well as, I don't know, carry-on films. It's that kind yeah. of datage to it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's It's got that kind of feel. But it is about as close as you get to a look at the 80s, in a comedy film as, you, as you're going to get, I'd say. Certainly early 80s. It's very early
1: 80s. Yeah, I said. mean, if we were to try and explain to our kids or somebody that didn't live through the 80s, we'd sort of refer them to TV sitcoms and comedies, wouldn't you? You'd say The Young Ones or Blackadder or, you know, even Men Behaving Badly was the 90s. Caroline Quentin was in that. But we'd yeah. we'd push the guys towards the comic strip or things we've mentioned throughout, you know, the last half an hour or so. And yeah. there are many comedies, as you say, that you can say, well, that is a typical British comedy. Well, I don't know, is there, of the 80s? Like we oh, say, I'd there was say Gregory's Girl. The F maybe. Yeah. There's probably
2: a few others if you really racked our brains. Yeah. But this one is like a proper working class, you know, stuff happens kind yeah. of comedy. Uh, in in many respects, it shares the same sort of space as something like Quadrophenia, which is obviously a drama, yeah. you know, set in the 60s. However, it's still the same class so you know, know. yeah and yeah. enjoying themselves and if you look at the party in Quadrophenia
0: it's very you know, the similar brief party, it's got <laughs> the
2: similar elements um, parties really were like this and I'm I can say that there's going to be I remember 80s parties where sometimes I was the Dobie character and sometimes I was the <laughs> Gary Olsen character getting pissed at <laughs> yeah. And and ca- very occasionally I was the Johnny Reeves so you know it, it's kind of it's got that about it and I definitely remember parties where big blokes would turn up and it's like oh it's all going to kick off here That's and yeah. You know, and it, it would, and uh, and uh, there's all that, right? Um, but yeah, but these, the interesting thing, and this is um, when you go to parties, usually you only know, you should know a few people there, and some people know people. Yeah. These lots seem to all know each other. Everybody from the, from knows the same it. area, <laughs> didn't
1: they? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, everybody knows everybody in this. Um, mm. And it's just the interactions between them, you know, Carl Hellman patting poor old Caroline Quentin on the head, you know, you poor old love. It's just. Yeah it's it's funny in certain little bits like you say that might have been throw away you know but it's very subtly done Daniel Peacock yeah. just in the background leering at people trying his best the only really specific cultural reference in this
2: that really rings a bell with me in terms of oh yeah i remember that is there's a bit where the skin i was going to talk about earlier and i forgot yeah. uh the skinhead saying uh, what's that mark on your head the girl says because it's a secret sign and they don't expand on it but i remember that being a thing skinheads had these weird little shavings in their head yeah. and unf- unfortunately it was about I think it was about they were if they were members of certain fascists. That's
1: <laughs> it. Yeah, probably swastikas or something. Oh God. Yeah. It's like, uh.
2: <laughs> but I, I never knew exactly what those markings were supposed to mean. I just nah. heard. It was one of these, you know, I think it means this, but no one would ask a skinhead and yeah. funny enough i was pretty much a skinhead at the time well, i yeah. was more like a rude boy <laughs> uh you know i was smarter yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: i know the time yeah, yeah
2: um i never knew you know i i didn't have the tattoos and i never knew exactly what those markers were meant to be but they did mean something back then that very it was a bit like earrings used to you know certain earrings used to mean something uh, i remember right. that being a thing yeah um But um, I can't remember what they were. But it just, it it reminds me. Oh, yeah, that's something I haven't heard since the 80s, ever. early
1: 80s, too. As I say, there's a lot of things in this movie that just, the memories came flooding back, not just of watching the movie, but of living through that time. The Tony turns up with cans of Newcastle brown ale. Uh, (laughs) I don't think I've seen Newcastle brown ale in a can since 1983. Probably um, not. No, everyone a, drinks it out of the bowl. Yeah, you look rightly. in the kitchen on top of the cupboards. There's there's a box of Ariel. You know, it's, just, <laughs> 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 it's stuff like that that you haven't seen for thirty years. People wearing they probably wreck this house as well, don't they? They properly wreck it. Yeah, well, yeah. Th- th- that's the thing as well. There's the guy you're talking about the custard pie fight, but there's the guy that's throwing food over his over himself when he's interacting with Gary Olsen. Yeah, you know he's pouring buckets of custard. It looks like buckets of custard. know bowls of custard over his head. That's yeah. not expanded on. He's just <laughs> he's just some drunk guy that gets in a fight. And it kind of
2: works. He throws <laughs> custard over his own head and he goes, "Paper." <laughs> like, it. cast and everything <laughs> reminds the drunk gary olsen he's got to get Go some, get some paper. paper how's that work i don't know but, <laughs> great great <laughs> movie funny, yeah. um i think this is a great little cast all around um virtually everyone in here um, the particular standouts as we said is Carl halman and um caroline Quentin. I think so. and gary olsen does a great job as well yeah. and daniel peacock is that broad goofy toby he plays Daniel Peacock. Out, yeah. You know, every dog has his day, right? And this yeah. is Toby's day, <laughs> isn't it? You know? um, goes, uh, and there, there is a great line where Sam Diggins sort of says, I'm doing you. Yeah, and he goes, what for? GBH? He says, yeah, he goes, well, if I can do that to a big broke like uh, him, imagine what I can do to a little like <laughs> <"Pack at> you. <laughs> what a great
1: delivery! It's <laughs> fantastic. I mean, it is over the top in places. Oh, yeah. It certainly is exaggerated, but I'd recommend this to people, as I say, possibly of our age, a little bit younger, just to go back and watch it if you haven't seen it.
0: Yeah,
2: I suspect a lot of people our age would not have caught this as yeah. well.
1: So it will come as a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it's it's not spoken about anymore because I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't available for a long, long time uh, because of the music rights. It's never shown on TV now. And no. it's It's genuinely forgotten. But when you look at who's in it, like we say, you look at this, Clive Mantle. There's, you know, everybody that's in this has gone on to be in EastEnders or a famous British sitcom. You know, look at Brushstrokes, men behaving badly, whatever. They, the guys were all in them. Indeed, um, in Brushstrokes, Cole who you know,
2: was the main actor in Brushstrokes. But the um, the girl who yes. oh, Kim, uh, Kim, Kim, Kim Howard, Kim Thompson, Thompson, is Brenda. Yeah. Uh, went on to play uh, like one of the main characters in Brushstrokes she in the was. first season she yeah. moved on and another actress took that role uh, in later the series but she, those two went on to a, a series called Brushstrokes
1: that's it yeah yeah. And mm. as we say Gary Olsen 2.4 children um, Kate Williams you know th- previously sitcoms of the 70s but I just loved it again watching this this time round I thought I wasn't going to like it as I say the first 15 minutes when I watched it last night I thought this is bad i just couldn't get into it so i started afresh this morning and soon got into the swing of it it was great yeah absolutely fantastic
2: i'd say anyone watching it first time bear that in mind i think they may have a similar experience to you like the first 10-15 minutes like what's going on here but once the part i mean the first half an hour is the setup yeah and i think you get into it I think maybe the first 15 minutes are the weakest, but Mm. then there's a bit of the preparation. You know what's going on. They're inviting people and all this, that, and the other. There's some dialogue about Charles Bronson that's properly cheesy that doesn't really work anymore. You know, Johnson's. Has he got a Bronson chest? And it (laughs) just feels a bit weird now. Yeah, but the rest, you know, the whole fixing his car just so he can drive to a party down the road is. Very very eighties as well. Or yeah. you know, very teenage. Very but, teenage, yeah.
1: Mark Free Cortina with a furry cover on the uh, on the steering wheel. Again, yeah, I've seen those for Beautiful. thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you rate this on letterbox? What did you give it? Uh
2: four out of five I gave it. That's a um, big one. And I yeah. personally I put it as five. you know <laughs> it's what, in my top I would definitely Watched this and it is very rewatchable, very rewatchable, like any good rep comedy, like rep, well deli- well crafted comedy, where the, you know the players, you know, it's not just the lines that are funny, it's watching the interactions. um This is very rewatchable, so yeah, I gave it four out of five, but actually, I
1: rate it a little higher personally. That's a heavy four, yeah. I think if I was to rewatch this again this week, I'd find lines in this that I've missed or, or things in the background, like you say that's going on and you don't realize there's so many layers to this film it's it's not just a like a set piece it's a party like we said that's the plot there are other things it's it's there's these 12 characters but then you get lots of other little things going on interacting with them that all mean something eventually yeah um, yeah That
2: it's what they're well used the background cast is well used uh Uh, And it's kind of interesting. Spot the, if you're, certainly if you're British, spot this person and that person. Like, oh, that person I've seen in an advert for this. Yeah. uh, There's all that going on. Yeah. um, As well.
1: Fantastic. Okay, mate. Uh, Letterboxd for me. I'm only going to give it a three, but I think if I was to watch it again, I think I'm going to enjoy it even more. But it's a heavy three. If I could give three and a half, possibly out of five for that. So, yeah, good to see it again. Great view to actually remind me of this movie because I completely forgotten all about it
2: cool yep yeah, yeah i mean i'm glad i hope that a few people out there actually pick it up and watch it i mean it's about five is it five or six quid on amazon well, i
1: think i picked it up for about four 450 or something I think. Yeah, yeah that's
2: yeah. the only way you can get it there's yeah like, it's never on the telly there's no way there'd be any streaming services that provide this no. it's just not that kind of film no, but absolutely. you can get the dvd a fairly bare bones dvd on the uh, on Amazon. Shame you can't get the soundtrack unless you yeah. want to pay a fortune for vinyl. The soundtrack is pretty cool. I mean we got Banana Rama doing a sex pistol
1: song. Incredible, there's Bad Man as Dave Edmonds on there. All the images, you know, all these great groups. Um Elvis Costello was pretty much disowned. The theme tune. <laughs> have, you, have you heard this? It doesn't appear on any greatest hits, any it compilations. He hates it. Well, it was it. never
2: a hit, was it? Let's face it. But but he it hit is.
1: the charts, didn't it? I remember it being in the charts. Did. Yes, I'm that. sure it did. He was uh, interviewed. because I'm not a fan of Muriel doing the man who sold the world, for example. Yeah.
2: but I haven't you... said that. Gene Gene is in it. Yeah, Gene
1: is in this. <laughs> the full length version. It, it plays it from start to finish for like, a does. three and a half minute scene. Um, Elvis Costello was interviewed by Q Magazine about the the, sound, the theme tune, Party Party. And the interviewer suggested that it's possibly his worst song. And Costello agreed. He went, yeah, total crap, he said. There's one reasonable line in it about interior design being by Picasso. The, the lines, have, have you actually seen the lyrics to the, the song no, Party have, Party? No. Right, I'll just read some of these out. It's, it's poetry, mate. It's sheer poetry, right? We're going to drink enough tonight to drown the average army. By New Year's Day, the next-door neighbour will be going balmy. The milkman arrives at midday with his usual wisecrack, who knows a girl with Wednesday legs, so Wednesday gonna snap. It's... Incredible! It's just, you look at oh, it. I think
2: it's good. Yeah, that's fine. There's with that.
1: You've got a face <laughs> like last week's cornflakes. Is it's, it's one of the lines? That's it's brilliant. Like, <laughs> go back What's and just look at the, the lyrics. I'll probably play the song actually during the uh, during our little break there here are, in a minute. There are
2: some consultants. Outward images doing Little Town Flirt, which is an old yeah song. Oh, Del it's Del Shannon, really good. It?
1: Yeah, it's really good. And Happy Birthday by them's on in in the the movie, but not yeah, on the soundtrack um, album.
2: Yeah. We have No Woman, No Cry, uh, Pauline Black doing that, and that's okay, you
1: know, that's okay.
2: Uh, But there's quite a few Bad Manners tracks that are a lot of fun. Because Bad Manners were a good, fun band. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I was a big fan of Bad Manners at the time. And and we can't forget that it ends with old Lang iron by Chaz and Dave. Chaz and no, Dave, awesome. <laughs> I, re- I really actually do like the end scene where
2: like the, mu- the the mother and father are like starting to have a go on the coach and everyone's hiding and, uh, on the cu- couch, on, not the couch on the Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, they, yeah. Couch. and everyone's hiding and Larry's like wincing. At least saved by Toby coming in. Right? Surprise party
1: uh, in your honour. Yeah.
2: <laughs> in your honour. And uh, we bought you some aftershave.
1: What? <laughs> Spelled, yeah, can you spell all this? (laughs) (laughs) Again,
2: (laughs) the the tagline
1: of this film should be Can you smell horses? Yeah, watch the film, Um, everybody, and you'll know why. You'll know what we mean by that.
2: Yeah, well, I think we've done a reasonably good job—not quite just quoting the film endlessly. There's I've so done really, a few, but there's, there's, so there, really. there's a lot more cracking lines in it. Um, there's definitely a really quite good scene in that um, like I kind of mentioned, uh, where they're talking about knife attack and gun attack in the police station that, that yeah. cracks me up. So, yeah, there's lots, lots of good stuff in this. It, I remember being quite disappointed how it ended at the very first time I saw it. So, oh, it's just going to finish.
1: Yeah. Uh but they've got that they great was shot where the camera comes up to the ceiling and they all look up to the camera. And yeah. they're doing old Lang Zion in sort of concentric circles and throwing the hands up and, and that's great. I loved it. And then it goes into old Lang Syne. Good yeah.
2: but I, at the very first time I saw it I was kind of I was into the film and I didn't want it yeah. to end, I think, maybe. Yeah, I
1: suppose so.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, mate, let's leave it there. We're gonna take a short break and we're gonna be back with what we're watching next time.
0: Party. The last thing I remember I was talking to some fellas That you said you'd have a word for me With a good looking baby And handed me a pint bottle With the car and tires up And I woke up in the flight.
1: Okay, what we're watching next time. You've chose the last two uh, on the appearance. Well, actually, you've chose the last three, I believe. Right, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to take a turn for the, your next appearance on the show. And my choice for you, mate, is based on a conversation that we had. I think it was either in the last episode or the one before where we were together. And I've already told you what I've selected. But it was, it was based on the fact that you mentioned an old British comedy, an old sitcom from the late 60s, early 70s. And I remember watching it at the time and certain repeats and I'd never gone back to it, but um, from what I can gather, it's one of your favourite sitcoms of all time. I went back and I've just finished watching the first series and I'm getting so into it, I'm going to watch the, the the other three because I think there was four. It's Please Sir. Oh, I
2: haven't actually watched the TV version in since it was ahead really right. well, I, but i remember it very distinctly yeah um and i have watched the movie right more recently than that uh, yeah, but I, it's been a few years since i've watched the movie
1: well what i, w- I want to do is i'm working my way through the series mm. and obviously if i'm watching the series i've got to watch the spin-off movie which was a thing that was done back in the 70s every big sitcom had a movie version where they take them out of the usual setting. Now, with police, sir, is it a holiday camp? They
2: kind of go away to a sort
1: of school camp. Right. So there's a posh school and there's them. And I can't remember the movie, whereas you can remember the movie and I'm remembering the TV series. Well, you're
2: watching the TV series. <laughs> yeah. I can remember it. But I have to tell you, to mm. this day, yep. to this day, my 70-year-old mother yes. still sometimes says to me, my little soldier... <laughs> which is a, one of the characters from Police called Frankie Abbott That's or it. FA yeah. he's he's a mummy's boy yeah. uh, and his mum says it's you're my, my, little my little soldier my mother still does that to tease me still sometimes does that to me Fly, says, I'll and she says things like I'll bring you your sandwiches at work <laughs> he's
1: like no you won't because there's high security not kidding. <laughs> so I think this is going to throw up a lot of memories as well particularly as school days but I haven't seen the movie. Right. I've possibly seen it once, but I can't remember anything about it. But what I want to do is try and watch it in sort of sequence as to where I'm watching the series. So I think... Can you remember when the series finished at all? I know it started late sixties, no, finished seventy two.
2: Film came after the last series you or the second so. to last series. Yeah. I don't think it matters as long as it, no, it's not because I do. To the plot. If I remember rightly, the first series has slightly different cast to the second series. It's in Black and white as well.
1: The version It's I'm black watching, and white, yeah. but I
2: believe that the character, oh, what's her name Sharon I Sharon yeah. was yep. character was played by someone else, or there was a different character. Duff Duff. All the other characters I think were in series one. But I don't remember ever seeing series one. I just read about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I must have seen series two almost. I wouldn't mind I, you know what I might watch it too. I might <laughs> actually join it. It, it might watching. be
1: interesting because I think the conversation's going to link back to um things that happen in the series. Sharon in the movie is played by Carol Hawkins. There we go. And it's definitely. And not Sharon Carol. is yeah. she's Sharon in the TV series, in the later series. There as well. we go. That's what's happened then. Yeah. But there's lots of famous faces in this again as well. You know, we've got um Joan Sanderson and Derek Guiler as well, you know, would be talking about all those guys. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm really looking forward to this. It's so another I, comedy. I have seen but, it in ages.
2: Yeah. But um, I do quite like it as a, as a movie.
1: Another comedy. But hey, we like comedies. We like talking about comedies. So um, this is what the Real Britannia podcast is all about, because there are so many TV spin-offs as well. That are, yeah. They're important British movies. They, they made, you know, thousands of pounds in revenue at the box office. They were massive, absolutely massive. So looking forward to that. Thank you for coming back on again, mate. For those that haven't heard Mark's other podcasts, is The Good, The Bad, and The Odd, United Nations of Horror yeah you know i sorry i co-host uh
2: co-host on me frequently uh, and the good the bad and the odd is my main one uh my main other thing which is also good bad and the odd, it's all just under the same banner yeah. is i do a series called anthology where i'm looking at anthology tv shows and you're going to be coming on sometime soon aren't I you we're am. going to be talking about uh tales from the unexpected we are at some point. yeah i'm looking forward uh, to that as well we have a, we we will have to plan that sometime but yeah uh, those are my sort of three main ones i've got other ones going on but they Way less frequent.
1: Yeah, you're like me. You like dipping in and out of other shows and, and recording. You're like me. We like just podcasting. We do enjoy doing yeah, that's what we right. do. And that's it. Thank you very much, mate. We'll speak very, very soon. Ah, oh, thanks for having me.
2: It's been fantastic. <laughs> uh But hold on. Yeah. Can you smell horses? Absolute
0: shower. A positive shower. Bon voyage. Good luck. Thank you. your hand up, sir.